just because you take things off your plate does not mean that you have to fill that space with other things. You can just actually do the smaller amount of things better and also take time for yourself. And it's okay. What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. Do you guys ever just like meet someone and you're like, oh my goodness, like I could be like BFFs. Like this was like my best friend in another life. Um, that's exactly what today's today's guest was for me. Um, and so I'm so excited to share this episode with you. So I have Jessica Zweig on the pod, you guys. She is an author. She is an entrepreneur. Um, she is the author of the number one best-selling book called B. She is the CEO of Simply B Agency, which is a personal branding agency. Um yeah, she was listed Forbes personal branding expert. She is the host of the Simply Be podcast. Um, you guys, what is this woman not doing? But she's also doing it in such a heartfelt way, which is why I really, really connected with her. Um, and so uh, I'm really honored and excited and pumped for you to hear this episode. And I hope that you enjoy it because she is freaking just so rad and incredible. And I loved this conversation. So here we go. All right. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown. And today I am so excited and so honored to have Jessica Zweig on the podcast. Um, thank you so much for being on. She is so many things. You are wearing 1 million hats. Um, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. So Jessica is the founder of the Simply Be Agency. Uh, she has a new book that is dropping alongside with a companion workbook. Uh, the book is called B and there's just so many things we're going to talk about today. And so I'm just really honored and excited to have you on. I'm honored and excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I feel like it's crazy to think about like where the first place to start is in this interview. Um, because as I said, you wear so many hats and you you're doing so many amazing things. Um, but I feel like we'll begin perhaps with your agency, um, yeah. since the book is upcoming, um, we'll eventually get to that, but I'd love to talk about your branding agency, um, and kind of your different approach. I think, you know, you mentioned burnout a lot, um, on your Instagram and that's something I feel really familiar with and feels very topical at the moment. Cause it's something that I, on a personal note have been struggling with and, you know, we get to the end of the year and it kind of like, you get to this place where you're just like, okay what's working and what's no longer working. And there's a lot of things that just aren't working that have contributed to burnout. So you just kind of like rethink everything and try to do things differently. So we'll, we'll get to that part and parcel, but uh, let's talk agency stuff. So, you know, and thank you for like going there because I want to be really honest about, you know, the growth of my business, which has been really unexpected, you know, in a way I, I would never have predicted when I first started my agency six years ago as a one woman shop, like just me consulting. I used to run an online digital magazine for seven years, learned a lot about social media and marketing and branding. I was like, I'm going to go off on my own now and do this little thing called consulting. 
And now six years later, I have 25 full-time employees. Wow. Uh, we've served 400 clients. We have a, you know, any given month, 50 clients we're supporting. We have clients across the continents, like every every continent we have a client on. I, you know, got a book deal, wrote a number one best-selling book. The paperback is coming out this month, you know, and the workbook. I have stepped forward into being like not a little solopreneur entrepreneur, but like a CEO of a business with a board and, you know, fiduciary duties and, uh, you know, payroll every month and just a whole different capacity for me to like stretch myself as a human being, which has been the, um, the real gift and also the real challenge. You mentioned burnout, which I've, you know, rinse and repeat hit, you know, over these last six years in my own sprints and marathons and resting. And then I sprint again, but I will say that the magic of simply be success, we are a personal branding firm. So my clients aren't products. We don't brand companies, we brand people. And that to me is the most exciting and rewarding part of the job and getting to know all of these different humans who have such huge missions, who have such beautiful personal stories and personal whys in conjunction with their mastery and talents and gifts and why you'd pay them money to do what they do. And combining that into these personal brands that feel emotional, that feel real, that feel authentic. And that's really Simply B's approach and our secret sauce is Branding is an exercise in clarity. You have to be able to pierce through like Starbucks coffee is very different than Dunkin' Donuts. And we have that visceral understanding in like four seconds or 0.4 seconds, but we're dealing, and we as people in the world of brand marketing, any brand online needs to cut through the noise and have that instant connection with their direct ideal consumer or client. But we're dealing with people who are emotional and complex and ever-changing and have a lot of things to say and care about a lot of things. And so what we've done at Simply Be is really cracked the code of how you craft a personal brand that is razor sharp, crystal clear, and also deeply authentic at the same time and 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 has that depth and then creating a platform strategy around that. And so we've really found our lane. And why I wrote the book was to say to the world, like, you know, I've come up with this methodology. I trademarked our proprietary process and how we brand people. And I didn't want it just to be for my 400 agency clients. I wanted it to be for the masses for $20, you know, if you really wanted to do the work. And by the way, my book is The Keys to the Kingdom. It's it's far deeper than any business branding marketing book you'll ever read. I really was overly generous in giving away like how we make the sausage. And if you go through the book and do the tools and do the frameworks and the exercises, you will be able to build your brand. And, and I really was very clear on that intention. So, you know, Cliff's Notes version on like why Simply Be is and how I started it, where I am today, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, it's really the journey within that you take as a leader that really I think is worth worth opening up about. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, I think it's something that most people actually don't think about. They think very, very heavily on branding the product and how they're going to market the product and how they're going to share the product or whatever the thing is. Because I would assume likely most of your clients have products or services or something that they are selling a way that they're making you know money. And I think it's it feels like a lot of people are not considering themselves in the equation. Um, yes. And I guess my question around that would be, is personal branding always personal or is it just the way is, is that? So that does make sense to you, that question. 
Um, yeah. because I feel like a lot of times, or maybe it's just a personal thing as well for me. Like I'm, you know, I talk about it so much on this podcast, but I've been working on creating a journal that I want to sell and it's the very best self journal. And I'm, I'm super, you know, really, really passionate about the process and I love it so dearly. And so it's, it's something that I, and along with it, you know, sweatshirts, sweatpants, like, um, a bunch of things, right. A whole very best self brand. Uh, and so when I think about it, you know, anything else I've ever done in my life, I felt like I've like, okay, I want to do this. I'm going to figure it out and I'll just get it out there. And for the first time ever, I'm taking my time and I'm really like being slow and methodical in the process and want to figure out, you know, what the social media is going to look like behind it and what all these things are going to be look, look like around it before I get it out into the world and launch it. And so my, it's kind of a, a I don't know, like an either or kind of thing, because there's power in taking messy action. And then, and then there's also power in, in waiting and doing things right instead of like just rushing out into the market. But one of the biggest things I've been considering is like for the first time also, I don't really want my face to be a part of it. I don't want my face to be the thing that sells all of these things. So it is personal branding because all of these things are a part of me. It's my vision. It's what I want to give to the world. It's it's all of these things that certainly involve me, but I don't want to use my face to sell them. So how do you build a personal brand that's not necessarily personal? Because I'm sure you've probably dealt with this a lot. Oh my gosh, I have so much to say about this. So <laughs> I I think that people at the end of the day are more interesting than products. People do business with people. People are intrigued by people. That's the beauty and the sort of secret weapon of social media. We wanted to see photos and behind the scenes lives. And yes, brands and companies have taken, taken social media on as well to market their products and services. But I think at the end of the day, no one can tell a story like a founder and your, you know, your question on progress over perfection, like the, I think there's something about getting started and it doesn't have to be exactly polished. And I think that's also a story worth telling to your community to take them along with your brand development and your journey and who you are being and what you're learning and how you're growing as a person, as you build this service or product or a journal or, you know, apparel line for your community. And it doesn't mean it has to be front foot. It just, it just makes it more dynamic at the end of the day of how people can connect to the brand. I often think of like Pyle Kadakia, who's the founder of ClassPass and, or the two, the two founders and blinking on their names of Soul, Soul Cycle. Those brands, Soul Cycle and, and, um, you know, ClassPass are very well-known now global brands have their own like loyal following, own ethos style vibe, user experience, but those two founders at SoulCycle and Pyle Kadakia, like they were out on panels, they were at conferences, they were doing their own podcasts, they were showing up to the media and to their communities and their own social channels, telling their own stories, which made, at least from my perspective as a consumer of both of those brands, them more endearing. And I felt like, okay, I've I'm paying for this class and I'm I know where it's where it came from, you know? And that's just like in the workout vertical and the fitness vertical. But think about all the brands that you like love and admire. And if you double click into, well, do you know the founder's story and where do they show up? And is there a further emotional connection that you gained because you actually know the people behind the product? I think there's a real, there's a real leg up in that. And I also think too, a lot of my clients, I work for a lot of, um, with a lot of corporate leaders who, by the way, are like 
very modest. They don't want to be famous. They just want to make money and grow companies. And it's usually their marketing person or PR person. That's you need to brand yourself and be a face of the company. Yeah. And kind of twist their arm and then they do it. And then they sort of see the results. You know, I have one particular client who's the CEO of a dairy flavors company. And she was just like, who am I? Why do people care about me? But she's got a magnificent story. She's one of the only women globally in that seat in her industry. Wow. Started her a podcast, got her LinkedIn optimized. And part of the podcast strategy was connecting with other decision makers in the food service industries that she could use the podcast to network and create relationships for business development and saw a return in client relationships because she used the podcast as a vehicle for networking versus a vehicle for like getting a bunch of downloads. Okay. Another um, data point from that particular client, she is so human and we've really put her personality and her family life and just like, you know, she leads with her mastery as a leader and her expertise, but we've made her a real person online. And she just hired one of the top food scientists in the world, joined her team PhD in food science, 20 year veteran in the industry and left his big company to go work for her because he saw her on LinkedIn and saw her podcast content and was like, she's a real person. And I would want to work for a company with that kind of CEO. So I know there's a long winded answer to your question, but I just think that there is a lot of fruits that you can pluck from this tree called personal branding. And you don't have to be like trying to be the next Jenna Kutcher or Tony Robbins or Gabby Bernstein to, to feel like your personal brand will help your company and it will. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with everything you're saying. I think um, also, yes, Julian Elizabeth. I, I don't know if you're familiar, Julian but I look Elizabeth. at Full Cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. thank you. <laughs> oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah. That's awesome. I used to go all I the like, time. And I, it's a very yes, familiar. A hundred percent. That's they right. are one of them. Julie, yes, exactly. They are yeah. goddesses and I love their story. Like, I know. I think they were on how I built this with Guy Raz and it was my first. Totally. And I'm like, I love these chicks. They're so badass female empowerment. I'm going to go support women-owned business. And they blew up. They didn't necessarily need my $30 ticket to the class, but like I became a loyalist because the class is amazing, but I loved, I loved the founders who started it. Yeah. I I feel the same exact way. Um, Yeah. But no, I'm, I guess I'm more so saying like, you know, in terms of personal branding, yes, I want like my story to be involved and I want to share the behind the scenes, but in every photo, I don't want to be like, here's a photo of me holding the journal. Like, I feel like that's how it used to be. It was like, it was a picture of your face and you holding the product that was like the way you sell anything. And I feel like it's evolved in such a way that I don't know, you don't have to be. Not at all. You yeah. want to tell, you want to tell, you don't want to sell, you know, right. and that let's just say you were to create a campaign around the journal. I would want you to be getting on stories and lives and doing reels of just sharing the behind the scenes making of the book, how the paper wasn't what you wanted it to be. And you had to ship it back and you had to yes, spend that kind of 10 thing. more thousand dollars. And you thought you would like that. And then, and then you post the picture of the journal and you've taken your community on a journey with you. Of yes. course they're going to buy that journal now because they support you. Yes. That's that's the where it's, where it has shifted. Yeah, I, I I'm on board with that. <laughs> so let's talk about the book that is coming out. Tell us all about it. Um, it's got basically a roadmap in it on you know personal branding and uh, a whole bunch of things. But tell us about it. So the book first launched in February of 2021, and it's called B. 
just the word B E period, a no bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. And the paperback is coming out actually this month in January, which is a really big deal. I, I guess as an author to get a paperback edition of your book. Um, and which is great for everyone because it's a lot more affordable on online. And then I've got the accompanying workbook. So that's the thing about the book, which is so unique. It's part book, part workbook. And I like to say that it is a personal empowerment book disguised as a personal branding book because, and, and same thing with Simply Be My Agency, we're a personal empowerment company disguised as a personal branding company because knowing your brand means knowing your worth and knowing your value and I just help you find the means to articulate it and communicate it and amplify it into the world. And when we really get clear on our authentic truth and who we unapologetically were born to be, that becomes a superpower to magnetism and you create opportunities, open doors. I mean, people who've read my book have launched companies, have started, quit their jobs to Followed passion, left marriages, launched their podcast, go on, go, gone off and finally did the course, like became a better leader inside their corporate jobs. It's amazing what's happened with this book. And it's really because I take you on a journey within before I take you on a journey without. So the first section of the book called Be Real, where I demystify everything you think to be true about personal branding and really push you to step forward as your most authentic self. And I know that word is overused, but... I've kind of rewritten it and really defined like what it truly means. And then Be Your Brand is the bulk of the book where I take you through a proprietary five-step process and how to actually create your brand message, how to architect content, how to build a strategy, how to identify your differences in the competitive landscape and how to get seen in the media as a thought leader. And I also break down social media as well. And the last section is called Be Free, which is my favorite section of the book. So if you pick it up, Go all the way to the end because that's really where it gets juicy. And it's really about putting the book down, like put the book down and go live your life, push yourself outside of your comfort zone, show up fully embodied in your day-to-day interactions with people, with yourself, with your soul. And that's really where the work begins when we grow and we fuck up and we get up again and and learn and apply those lessons to the message that we're here to give to the world because no one is perfect. Everyone has flaws. Everyone has shit. Everyone has darkness, failures and weaknesses, everyone. And we all have magic and talent and gifts and brilliance and triumphs. And you integrate all of that, all of it into your message in a way that's crystal clear that I'll teach you how to do in the book. And that's really when you become super unstoppable and not to sound, well, I'm pretty woo-woo and cheesy and spiritual, but I'll just say that I firmly believe that every single person on this planet is needed. Every single person has a light inside of them that just needs to be shined. And are you going to reach billions? No, you might reach a couple thousand. You might reach a couple hundred. It doesn't matter. Those people need you. The world needs you to step into your light so that we can shift this planet into a more whole and loving place. And the way, the only way we can do that is if let ourselves be seen. And so that's really what my book is truly about. And um, I've really been so in awe and so grateful as an author, you know, being two years into this, sitting on a shelf and seeing the results, like seeing how people's lives have changed. I get messages every day, every day. And so the paperback launch is 
even more exciting because more people can pick it up and the workbook will take you even deeper. People ran out of worksheets in the book. They're like, we want more, we want more. So I created a follow-up workbook with extra sheets. But then I was like, I got more to teach and I got more to say, and I want to help you go deeper in this direction and that direction now. So the workbook is really powerful too. Wow. It's like the one-two punch. Yeah. I love that. Uh, It sounds to me like this book and the work that you do inside of it is some in, it helps you find alignment. And that feels like a buzzword that's really been powerful right now. You know, this episode is going to come out right around when your book, this, the uh, workbook and the hard or the uh, paperback come out. Um, But right now we're filming this episode and uh, we are just, like I said before, reaching the end of this year. So a lot of people are thinking about, including myself, about alignment and how important alignment is. And I think we're so rush, 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 go, go, go all of the time. And we do, we fill our days with all these things that we think that we want or all these things that, you know, we've, we've been conditioned to believe that we should want. Uh, but I think it sounds like your book is kind of a road roadmap to kind of really awakening within yourself, you know, what do you actually want and what actually feels really, really good? Girl, I love that you said this because the, so there's lots of quotes in my book and I open up every section with a quote and the very first section of the beginning of the book is the quote, what a time to be aligned versus like what a time to be alive. Like what a time to be aligned. Alignment is my, was my word for 2022. Um, I just did a podcast on this myself. My whole the theme of December is dedicated to alignment. I have a lot of things to say about it, frankly, because I got a lot, um, I fell out of alignment in 2022 in a really big way. And it was a very big teacher to me, 2022, but I just, I just got back from Egypt. I think I, you know, I mentioned that and, um, again, I'm a super spiritual person. So going to Egypt was like a personal Disneyland. So I was so excited to be there. And it was a very big, big life-changing moment for me. But to your question about alignment, the codes and the information, the downloads that I got when I was in Egypt, the medicine, at least for me in my life, I'm speaking for myself, but I feel like you and I have a lot in common and I'm sure people listening can relate is the, you know, how hard I push myself, how I'm constantly going. I live in like the patriarchal setup of linear time, like Monday through Friday, nine to five, quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, grow year over year. Like it's all straight lines. And we're really meant to frequency of the feminine, which is all about cycles and rhythms and things expand and contract and die and rebirth like nature. And a business is like nature. And we are so hard on our bodies and we fall out of alignment because we're not really in harmony with on the planet. And two, I think with our true birthright, which is joy, which is ease, which is bliss, which is ecstasy. Like it's how the Egyptians sort of co-created the world and the universe. This was sort of the the Egyptian mythology takeaways I got among many, but I heard once, and this is going to sound really uh, a little cheeky, but I like, I like this quote, um, joy is the lubricant to abundance. So if you want to make money, if you want to, if you want to expand your business, if you want to experience success, get into your joy, have fun doing it, have fun, be happy. Like that's actually your job. Your job isn't to get up every day and like get on Slack and Zoom and take meetings and make money. That's not your job. That will, Your job is to, is to be happy. Your job is to be joyful. Your job is to have as much fun as possible in your life. And then the money and the success will come. Right. And to me, anything that feels heavy, 
not fun, stressful is out of alignment. And for the record, 2022 was stressful, heavy and out of alignment for me. I really struggled this year with burnout, with my mental health. Like it was a real journey. And I love that you brought up alignment because it is such a great time as we're dropping this episode in January to just really get clear on what fills your cup, what makes you happy, what makes you have, what, what brings you joy and fun. And if it's like silly stuff, like I like to draw, I like to dance. I like to take walks. I like, I want to have more sex with my partner. I like to eat, you know, chocolate, like prioritize all of those things. Like no one is stopping you, but you, at least that's my assignment this year. So, um, love that you asked about alignment. So important. I feel like we're oddly somehow in a lot of like the same place because that's where I'm at too. And, and I have thought to myself and a question I've been asking a lot of my friends at least recently, and this sounds so silly, but what are your hobbies? Yes. And that's the question I've been asking people because for me, it's embarrassing. I'm like, I don't know. My hobby is working on my journal. My hobby is creating this business. My hobby is like this podcast. My hobby is all of these things. And so like, my fiance is the one who really asked me this because he plays tennis. He plays badminton actually on Monday nights with like his work friends. Um, he, uh, we have a, a piano, like a little keyboard and he has no idea how to play, but he bought it and he has the, he tries to teach himself. So he'll come in here for like an hour and he'll like try to learn how to play piano. And then like, he has 1 million hobbies and he's like, what are your hobbies? And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, girl, then, we're the same person. Yeah. So, and then I started, but then I was like, you know what, this, this is curious. So I started asking other female friends of mine, what are your hobbies? And last night I asked a coworker of mine, I asked this girl, Rachel, I was like, what are your hobbies? And she was like, ah. she had the same reaction. So then suddenly I didn't feel so alone that I'm not a weirdo, a big old weirdo that I don't have like hobbies, you know? And so she was saying, yeah, like, you know, I, I'm working so hard to like succeed at this and to get this promotion and to get here and to really reach this point and reach that point that it's all I can focus on. It's all I can do. And I'm like, yeah, same. That's how I've been too. And I really have reached this place where I'm just like, I got to figure this out because actually like, this is not what we're put here to do is to have, you know, grind and grind and grind so that you can be the most successful soul cycle instructor, podcast host, journal, whatever. It's not what we're here to do. All of those things. And I, and I, I, to your point about joy being the lubricant to abundance, which I think is what you said, it's like, oh my God, maybe if I did take an hour out of my day or at least an hour out of my week to go do something that, you know, cause of the way I phrase it to my friends and, and as I've been thinking about this more is like, what do I do that I spend time on that there is no gain, that it's not going to help me in business. It's not going to help me in any way, shape or form, but I just do it for no other reason other than I like to do it. Girlfriend. Yes. Let that be the 2023 strategy for your business, for your success, just to do the thing that you feel like doing for no reason to do, to practice the art of nothing, no thing, just whatever you feel like more than one hour a, a day or a week, like, dedicate a day or two a week just to make sure you're incorporating it every day in your life. We fall so out of alignment because we forget that this is actually what we were born to do and to experience. And 
I just, I, I, when you said like, what are your hobbies? Somebody asked me that on a panel. It was actually That's so a, mean of that person. Well, it was like <laughs> to the whole panel and everyone was like, I'm a ballroom dancer. I like cooking. I, you know, I do arts and crafts and it got to me and I was like, I identify completely with what I do for a living and all I do is work. And like, I love the honesty. I think almost more than half people in the room, at least, gosh, I I feel like it's a female thing. I don't know, but women for sure. And this is, again, like it's probably its own uh, conversation and separate episode. But like when I I just came back from Egypt, like I said, so I'm really high on that, that vibration and experience. And essentially we are living on a feminine planet. Hello, mother earth, right? And the patriarchy the masculine way of doing things, which is really spawned by power, control, war, and religion in the last couple thousands of years, which we've been on this planet for eons, like hundreds of thousands of years. But prior to the patriarchy taking over, we lived in a feminine frequency. We lived in a place of harmony where we, we were one with the moon, the seasons, the harvesting, the, the family system between the man and the woman was imbalanced. We worshiped the goddess, not God. God is a woman. That's just my own you know, controversial perspective right now, but what's happening, what's happening to women like you and me, because we are rising and we are leading and we are co-creating the future. We've gotten sucked into the beliefs very unconsciously that we have to play the game of the masculine. And we have really, we're really hurting ourselves. We're struggling. Our bodies, our, our minds, our spirits are getting our relationships. our relationships, our ability to serve because we're so fucking pleated. Like you cannot pour from an empty cup, right? And that is just so antithetical to the feminine experience. And if we're really going to be feminine leaders, we have to, we have to find our joy. We have to have our hobbies. We have to take time out for ourselves all the time. And we right. feel like it's selfish or it's it's irresponsible or like we look at other women who do that and we're, we're jealous being, speaking here for a friend. And yeah, it's like, who's to say we can't do that? Like it's programmed into us. Mm-hmm. And so I think 23 is at least for me, the year that I'm really going to play with that and bust those myths and hope I'm saying it on my podcast. I'm saying it to all my friends. I'm saying it on yours. Like hold me accountable because it's going to be hard because I'm so, con- we're also conditioned to hustle yep. and I'm not going to do, I don't want to do it. Anymore. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And I totally, I can't, I cannot agree enough. And, you know, I also, I thought to myself, okay, what can I remove from my plate? And so I thought about a couple of things. Maybe I cannot do this other thing. And this actually isn't in alignment with me. And I don't want to do this one thing or do this other thing. And then immediately I I had this, this thought process yesterday. I was like, oh, I was like, if I took that one thing off my plate, maybe I could teach more meditation. I could, I could create more meditations. I could share. And I was like, oh my God, I had this like, stop, stop trying to fill the space. Just because you take things off your plate does not mean that you have to fill that space with other things. You can just actually do the smaller amount of things better and also take time for yourself. And it's okay. And the world will keep spinning and it will be all right. <laughs> yeah. Can I, I love this like click, right? I think uh, I want to share a moment I had. This was recent. So I, I journal. Okay. Like I love mm-hmm. that you're creating a journal. I journal is my journaling is one of my favorite practices. And I use these journals that kind of go back and forth between like lines, you know, like lines you can draw right in mm-hmm. and then blank pages. And I, I draw. It's a way mm-hmm. I creatively express myself. That's your hobby. And I, 
it's my hobby. Yes. I have <laughs> colored pencils. I have markers. Like I go to Blick, I get all the things. So I was journaling and I came up to the blank pages and I usually like to save those pages for when I have the energy and the time to draw something. But I was, I was like, Oh, oh fuck. I'm like up against these blank pages and I, I don't want to draw. I don't have them. I just want to keep writing. And I had a conscious thought come into my brain and it was like, Jessica, you can skip the pages and go continue to the lines, keep writing and come back. I know this sounds so weird and like, like random to tell, but it was a huge unlock for me that I follow like the the rules. Like there's like Mm -hmm. in every part of my life, I have to have this linear way of walking through the world instead of skipping around, dancing in circles, doing, taking my, coming back later. It was revolutionary for me in my very controlling type A brain to skip the pages and to come back to it later and to go out of order in this little journal. I was like, wow, you are really programmed to think that (laughs) you can't, just like you said, that you removed something from your day and it was revolutionary that you were like, I don't have to do this. I can say, no, I can draw a boundary. I can remove that to create more space for what I really want. Can I really do that? And it just, I think we're waking up to a different realization and I'm here for it. Yeah. I, I feel it in a, like a major, major shift I feel. And it, it does feel really good to just, I don't know. There's something about it, this feeling of just not forcing, I don't know, just not forcing. And for so many years and for so long, it has felt like in order to be successful, you have to force, 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 bang down the door, knock down the door. If the door is closed, go through the window, you know, figure out, go through the back door, find your way in. And it's like, or maybe you could just take a long, slow, deep breath. And when the door is ready to open, like it will, you know what I mean? Like it's just more trust and more understanding and less forcing. Where do you live? Do you mind? Where do you, I don't know where you're from. Uh, New York. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I knew it. I felt it. I was like, she's either in LA or New York. I'm in Chicago. Okay. And these are very masculine energies. Like, like I love New York. Nothing against New York. I love, love, love being there. But I, I can't live there. Chicago, its own mini New York. Yeah. I have um, I'm in Brooklyn, so it's like a little, a little bit. It's outside, a little softer. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I love. But there's, there's a density. There's still lots of people. Like, lots of cars, traffic, things to do. Like, you're not in the middle of aware, you know, and I just, that probably a lot of people who listen to your show are in maybe major markets and you get caught up in the vibration of the rat race without even realizing it. And I'm building a house in Nashville. I spent half my year in Nashville. My husband and I won't be down there full-time till like 2024, but I do go down there every couple months at, for like months at a time. And I, I'm, we're renting a house on 10 acres of, of farmland. And I wow. feel like a different human being being in Nashville simply because I have access to nature. And then in Chicago, I literally feel my body change. I get more like hardened. Mm. I get more, you know, you know, fast paced. I pick up, I'm, I'm an empath. I'm sure you are too, just picking up all the energy and most of it's subconscious. And I just think that we really have to be on our own side and be our own advocates for carving out the peace and learning how to trust and making our lives intentionally easeful because the world around us isn't going to do it for us. It's the opposite, you know? 
Right. Yes. The world around. Yes. Because the world will make you think otherwise, but I do think you're right about the shift that that's happening. Cause it's clear to me that you feel that shift and I'm feeling that shift. So I think that there must be a lot of other people who are feeling that shift. And, you know, even for social media, I've, I've like, I used to just feel like I have to post this. I have to post that. I have to. And I just like some very often I go a week without posting at all because I'm like, well, it doesn't feel good. And then I don't, I'm going to do what feels good. So like, it's okay. Like, I don't know. I posted every single day, like not joking, seven days a week for a year going into my book launch. Mm-hmm. And that was a crazy sprint. I was on like a hundred podcasts. I did all this media, right. social, launching my book for the first time. And that's when I, I reached burnout actually at the beginning of 2022 in January. And Instagram was the thing that had to go. I deleted the app for like three months and it was amazing. Yeah. That sounds like a <laughs> different message. Yeah. It's a necessary evil, unfortunately. Yes. You know, as as entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, I feel like there are 10,000 other questions that I could ask you. And I've absolutely adored having this chat with you. Um, Make sure you pick up her paperback copy, you guys, when it comes out January 17th. Um, But one last question for you, which is, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would that be? I love that question. My one piece of advice to my younger self would be, you know, I spent so much of my, you know, 20s really wanting the guy and hating being single and feeling really lonely and comparing myself to everyone else around me at the time I was like getting engaged and having having boyfriends. And I just, I wish I would have really relished my, my days of independence and freedom and really, you know, eating myself more because I'm married now and I have a great partner and we've been together for 10 years. But that time was just so potent for me to really learn how to love myself and fall in love with myself and prioritize myself. And my younger advice, this my advice, my younger self is to like all younger women is like, stay single for as long as you can, because it's fun. And you're going to one day get snatched up by a guy and you'll have a ring on your finger if you really want it. And you'll look back on those days and say like, you know, that was my only time really like where my life revolved around just me and it's a luxury in its own right. And it's such a powerful um, journey. Like don't jump from boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend, like stay single for a while and get to know yourself. That's really um, the advice that I'd give. Amen. I highly agree with that as well. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. This was a blast. I love that we've connected. Yeah. Thank you. All right. That is a wrap on today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I feel like there were so many eye-opening, awakening um, moments and just on a personal note, I just connect so deeply with this, this idea of alignment that just keeps coming up for me and removing things that don't work on our, you know, from our plate and not having this need to fill the space with something else, finding hobbies, finding alignment. Um, the list goes on and on. And so I hope that if you needed it today, this episode was what you needed. And perhaps that reminder to find uh, or reconnect 
to alignment in your life. So that is a wrap for today's episode. Um, yeah. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Follow Jessica at Jessica Z W E I G Jessica Zweig. Um, and then you can follow me at Victoria Brown. You can follow at very best self, leave us five stars, make sure that you subscribe. And if you have an extra moment, we always love a positive review. So thanks guys. Love you. Mean it. See you next week. Bye.